I am Jen Wilson, author and body, mind and soul coach. Welcome to the I Am podcast, where we explore who you are. So welcome to another episode of I Am Jen Wilson podcast and today I have got Karen Allen on the call with me. So welcome to the podcast Karen, how are you today? I'm really good thanks, how are you? I'm very good thank you, very good, very good. So you were recently, well recently I say, um, fairly recently at a workshop that I had run and when you were there I was like I know this girl from somewhere else and it turned out years ago way back when I first started teaching Pilates you had been along to one of my courses back then as well and just kind of be connected on social media because I knew that we had been chatting on social media but I didn't connect it to you being that person that was at my Pilates course all those years ago. Yeah 2013 that was. Doesn't feel like that long ago. No it doesn't. (laughs) And here we are at 2020 the strangest year. Yeah. Of my lifetime. (laughs) Me too, and I've had some strange years. <laughs> mm, <okay. laughs> so why don't you start off by introducing the listeners to who you are and what it is that you do in this world? Yeah, sure. So I'm Karen Allen. I'm a holistic therapist. I've qualified in Reiki, crystal healing, and I'm currently studying reflexology, which I just love. It's just amazing. Um, and... I'm also studying to be a druidess, which is like a Celtic priestess. So we just kind of learn like kind of psychic skills, um, numerology. We're doing a bit of astrology just now, which blows my mind. I didn't realise it was so complicated. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just a a bit of all the magical things. So yeah, really good. What got you into that? Well, um, it's a girl I used to go to for holistic therapies. She's always been very intuitive. And then I just started doing courses with her. And then she'd done this Druidess one and I was like, I have to do it. So, yeah, That's, exciting. That is amazing. It's always good when you get, when you just stumble across something that totally mm-hmm. encapsulates you and you're like, oh my God, I want I want to know more about that. What's your yeah. favourite part of all the things that you are doing or learning just now? What's your favourite part? Um, I do really enjoy the energy healing. Because mm-hmm. um, when we're doing it, it's not kind of like standard Reiki. A lot of it we channel during it. So you can get like messages to pass on to people. And it's just, it's really beautiful. So yeah, I love doing that. Yeah. Have you always had that skill or is that something that you've like learned? I have always been very intuitive. I think like an empath, like a lot of us are. So I could like walk into a room and know when someone's been arguing. It's always more the bad feelings, bad vibes that I would get. Yeah. Um, and when I was younger, um, my dad was working away and we stayed in a tenement house in Glasgow Mm -hmm. and I woke my mum up I was about three and I was like mum 
mum, the ladies, and I was pointing to them, and I remember seeing women standing like this in old clothing with like big knives. And my mum was just like, Adam, go back to sleep. And I can always remember that clear as day. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose I've always kind of had it in me, but just learning how to properly use it now is yeah. just amazing. So, yeah. Um, was there any other, because you know sometimes they, they, they think that this kind of skill can be passed down generationally. Is there other people in your family that have got... Um. Well, my mum did see spirits and things when she was younger. And my and no, my grand sister used to like tell fortunes and things, but my coach does believe that everyone's got it in them. You just need mm. to reawaken it. Yeah. Yeah, because I've read things that say that particularly small children before the ego comes comes into play, mm -hmm. that small children can see things and feel things and sense things. And it's just it maybe if they're nurtured in a particular way, it can help that essence, if essence is even the right word, it can help nurture that part of the of you so yeah. that it grows. Yeah. It's amazing. I think a lot of kids born now, I think, have these skills even further and I really hope that they keep them and they don't get bored down by the world the way we did when we were younger. <laughs> yeah it's interesting I was talking to one of my friends recently and we were talking about having children or not having children and I had said to her I was like sometimes I, th I wonder why people would want to bring a child into the world when it's as crazy as it is especially with what's going on at the moment but then mm -hmm. when I look at every younger generation they're more awake and more intuitive and have a better understanding of things than I did mm -hmm. at their age and it's almost like every wave that comes through is just a little bit more awakened I don't yeah. know if that's just the nurturing that my generation gives their children and the generation down from that gives their children and it's just it's that learned we need to stop being so ego driven because it's uh -huh. not working for us and it's a slow unraveling if you like rather than it just being a click overnight kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. no I agree definitely. Yeah and what about what do you have do you have a teacher and a mentor is there anybody particular or do you have like a whole host of people or um no I work with um her name's Maria Anderson mm -hmm. um she's on Instagram as art of a priestess and she's just amazing she just blows my mind all the time <laughs> how long has she been your teacher um well I've been doing courses with her for about two years in total um it's actually working with her that made me discover I wanted to do holistic therapies yep. she was doing soul-based coaching with me which um, she just kind of asked me questions and how that made me feel and I said like I want to do something that makes my heart glow and when I'm working with people like they'll leave me and their hearts will be glowing yep. and then it just came about with like holistic therapies so yeah, she's just amazing. That's fantastic. So what did you do before that? So before that, I used to work in an office, which was not a very nice atmosphere. Just your kind of usual office where you're left like 
everyone's crammed into an open plan office mm. and I hated it. <laughs> I mean it didn't let your heart glow. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, I worked in offices most of my 20s yeah. um, but my mental health took a real bad turn at the end of, it was about 2016. Yep. So um, I tried to go back to work in the office again once I was feeling a bit better. And like my soul was telling me like, no, this is not the right thing to do. And eventually I listened. Yeah, I think when we see a lot of issues with people's mental health I sometimes think that it's it's our souls screaming out saying you need to pay mm -hmm. attention because I know like with my health if I ignore it it's like a little pebble's been thrown at you and you ignore it you ignore it and then all of a sudden the boulder comes and knocks you over and I mm -hmm. think that's very similar with mental health because there's so many people that I know when you talk to them and they don't feel fulfilled by their job mm -hmm. or they don't they don't get out of it anything that feels nourishing to them so yeah. when you have mental health issues, it's almost like that's your soul screaming at you, pay attention to me. Because mm -hmm. we're so busy nowadays, people don't listen to their bodies. They're constantly like on their phone, constantly their brain's engaged doing something. So our bodies do always try to signal to us and, and like show us that they're not happy. But yeah, we usually just ignore it. So... I know I ignored it for a long time and then it just erupted. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you, absolutely. Yeah, and you were saying to me before we started recording that you had suffered from narcolepsy. Was that part of the mental health or was that a trigger of it? Um, I think it was the trigger of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I was diagnosed with that in 2016. But I'd say... The symptoms started from about 2014. Okay. Um, so I was always really tired. Um, I would go to the doctors. I don't eat meat, so they would just be like, their iron's low, like mm -hmm. take vitamins, all that sort of stuff. Then I started, I lived in Falkirk and I worked in Glasgow and I found I was driving to work and I was there was times on the motorway I could really feel my eyes closing and I would kind of go to like blink and like open my eyes and be like whoa. So I went to the doctor and told them and they said just keep your window open when that happens. And I was like okay. <laughs> so um, I still just thought oh, it must just be I'm just tired. And then I was driving back home to my house and I was driving along the road and I remember I was exhausted, but I thought, oh, I'm nearly home, it's okay. And I fell asleep and I crashed into some parked cars. But when it happened, I seen like this flashing light, which I think was my guardian angel at the time, I honestly do. Yeah. And um, my car went like into a pickup truck and my whole passenger side was just crushed right in. And I got the biggest fright. But yeah. that made, made, made the doctors then took it seriously. 
-hmm. and they sent me to hospital to get like sleep tests and things done so I think that happened for a reason definitely yeah so narcolepsy is when you are just like drop drop asleep kind of in the middle of something yeah it can be that or sometimes when I was at work you kind of go into like an automatic behavior so I could be sitting working on the computer on a spreadsheet and I would still be moving my hands and sometimes my eyes would still be open but it's like my brain just went to sleep right. and then sometimes I'd come around and I'm like oh my god what have I done like totally messed the spreadsheet up yeah um it can also be that you don't sleep well at night time and I used to have like really vivid dreams and nightmares like a lot of audio hallucinations as well like Lots of times I was convinced someone was trying to break into the house and I'd wake my husband up and be telling him that. He's like, no, Karen, they're not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was you're tired but you can't sleep mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, so that just really, really got to like my confidence, especially when I couldn't get it diagnosed at first, just not knowing. Um, what was going on because I was always someone that was on the go like driving about places going to see things a bit of a party animal yeah. but I just like felt like I lost myself for a lot of time and then I had to stay off I had to like take leave from my work mm -hmm. um, and that just kind of seen me I basically just sat on the couch for about eight months until I got a diagnosis so then I ended up putting on a lot of weight I was turning to like sugary foods to try and get energy yeah and just didn't have any energy to cook and things like that so yeah just really lost my confidence and things and um, then when I got diagnosed um part of narcolepsy you have something that you can have it's called cataplexy Right. And it's where your body thinks you're sleeping and it thinks you're dreaming. So all your muscles are inactive. Yeah, so yeah. it could happen. It's happened when I've been out with my dog. I've got a fright and then my muscles, I just feel them going. And I'll just kind of flop down to the ground. And it's strange because you're conscious but you can't move your body. It's yeah. it's horrible. Um, that was also happening as well. Mm -hmm. So I just, yeah, even going out, I was always worried because it once happened next to a school and all the little kids are like, what is wrong with you? And yeah. You can't speak. Like your speech is slurred, so people might think you're drunk as well. So it was awful like when I didn't have that under control yeah. um, but once I got medication it took quite a while as you know like to get medication sorted and then it's all the side effects from that so yeah it was a big journey and I think I think my mental health was triggered from that and also partly the side effects yeah. as well it would be for sure mm -hmm. do they know what causes it well 
with some people, it happened with the swine flu injections. Right. And with me, they reckon it's when I got glandular fever mm. that that happened. So, yeah. Yeah, because quite often viruses cause other issues to then uh-huh. occur in your body. So are you still on medication for it or have you managed to get yeah, on Yeah, I'm still on medication. Um, like, I don't have to take all of it as much as I did. So I've got, I'm seeing my consultant this month and I'm hoping to cut it down yeah. a bit more. Um, but it's I manage it much better now, just for kind of like you were saying, my body will sometimes be like, okay, Karen, you're overdoing it a bit. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be like, no, no, it's fine. And then you'll have a day in bed. Yeah. So, so I'm getting still, better at listening. So you still experience symptoms of the narcolepsy, even though you're on medication? Like, can you still experience um, it? I do. I can sometimes have the cataplexies if I've been overdoing it. Okay. Um, and... I'll usually go for maybe two naps a day, like two 20-minute naps, and that keeps me kind of going. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just when I ignore it, it will come back. <laughs> yeah. And how was your sleep, like, before you got your diagnosis? Were you getting full night's sleep and things like that, and this was just something that was coming in through the day, or was everything disrupted? Um. Yeah, everything was disrupted. Yeah. I was always such a good sleeper, like, all my life up to my teenagers, um, teenage years. And then we reckon I got um, glandular fever when I was 21. And then I was, the narcolepsy symptoms started when I was 28. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was disrupted the whole time throughout waiting for the diagnosis. Yeah, I can imagine it would be when you're, when you've got something going on that nobody is recognising to be able to get the diagnosis and you've got the worry and the stress of that going on in the background plus the condition itself mm-hmm. it's going to impact every mm-hmm. every element of it like the stress the, the cortisol levels and stress hormones will just mm-hmm. be going out of control and is it something that they think that you can be cured from or is it considered once you've got it that's you yeah at the moment they've not got a cure but um They've managed to replace the cells, so it's your um, orexin cells and your hypothalamus. They've managed to replace them in mice. So I'm hoping, like in my lifetime, that they'll be able to. But I've been doing like meditations, and I kind of visualise um, my brain like getting better. Because I actually met Dr. David Hamilton and I was asking him and he said to try doing that. So um, I've been trying to do that because sometimes I do think to myself, did I manifest this? Like, because I kept on telling myself, there's something wrong, there's something wrong with me. But maybe, maybe a bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Because I don't know if you know of Anne Hughes. She's uh, mm. she does a lot of like spiritual work as well. I've had her on the podcast, so she had a brain hemorrhage. I'm going to say four years ago now. Um, it might actually have been around the same time as I got um, diagnosed with Crohn's, and she's she ended up having to get like platinum put back into her brain, and 
like that she did a lot of visualization and a lot of work around her belief systems and how she was going to get better mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that, that um, David Hamilton um, teaches and she has without her even knowing about that stuff in the background that's what she instinctively did and she has got functions back that they never thought for one second that she would ever be able to get back and I've read all of David's books and mm-hmm. I've followed his work and yeah the, the stuff that people can do that the power of the mind is unreal yeah absolutely because when I think when my mental health was bad the power my brain had over me then and I think now that I'm managing to turn it around just how powerful that is it's something I never thought I would have been able to say yeah yeah so there's somebody that I was listening to had been talking about the power of positive mantras and somebody had challenged them on it and saying oh how does that work and they're like well think about all the times that you tell yourself you're not good enough mm-hmm. whatever it is that you want to believe and how strongly you believe that so why would it not work in the complete opposite like mm-hmm. it makes sense but the brain being queued up purely on survival always looks for all those negative things and clings onto them because that's what's going to keep you safe from harm whether it's the repeat of somebody being unpleasant to you so that you can deal with that better or what keeping you safe from being attacked or whatever it is your brain's always looking for that so we have to really consciously and proactively practice the positive stuff to help strengthen Mm -hmm. that part of the brain yeah and I mean sometimes yeah the old belief systems will try and come back in place but Mm -hmm. just catching them out and not allowing them to take over do you have a daily practice or a daily routine of stuff that you do? Yeah, um, every day I'll journal and just kind of write out my reality of how I want things to be or um, like say I'm doing a workshop, the number of people I want to come to it, I'll just kind of write that out and then things that I'm grateful for and then um, meditation, I just love meditation. Yeah. What kind of meditation do you do? Do you have it? A- well, I used to always have to use guided meditations, but now I've just kind of started doing um, ones where I'll like ground myself and then just connect um, to like, the universe type thing. So it's beautiful. You just feel like you're in a big bubble of light. <laughs> <laughs> big a bubble of healing light that's just here to protect you. And yeah. Like, I don't want to come out. I'll just stay in here. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I think it could be quite easy to, to slip into that. Because I was listening to a, a talk with Eckhart Tolle. And he mm. was saying that when he went through his awake, like his awakening, when his ego self died, he went too far in the opposite direction and then had to find a way of being able to live in that presence, but also actually being able to communicate with people so that, you can have conversations with them and not yeah. just be away, away up here. Yeah. He's amazing, isn't he? I know. He's totally. I'm doing um, a, one of his online teacher trainings just now and it's um, for teaching the practice of presence. Wow. And he's like, you've signed up for this course to learn how to do nothing. I'm like, <laughs> so funny. Like, he just has this amazing humour and the giggle that he has is brilliant (laughs) he's just so calm as well isn't he just speaks so calmly yeah 
And the, the good thing is he, when he talks and people get to ask questions, and he says that for him it's still, although his ego did die off, he still has times where he has to check himself. Mm. It's like there is elements of him still having a practice and still being consistent with his practice. It's not once you get there, then you can just forget it all and, and kind of walk away from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually quite good to know that because you would be, you'd quite quickly think when you hear him, oh, he must just have such an easy life and just everything must be so simple. Not simple, but just he must see things from the good all the time and not be bothered about anything. But you forget that people are still human. Yeah, yeah. As, as enlightened as you can be if you live in this human world with other people, there's mm-hmm. always, there's, yeah, there's always stuff going on and, mm-hmm. and challenges to do. So with the mental health part of your journey, what, was, what has been the biggest challenge that you've been able to overcome? Um, so, well, I got diagnosed with social anxiety, um, generalised anxiety, depression, OCD and bulimia which I had since I was about early 20s but never realised it was a problem and then I was lucky enough to get private therapy and when I was there they were talking about you having something that you're guilty of and a guilty feeling and how you can't ever heal from it and then my brain just suddenly went Ah, like that's a behaviour you've got that you is like your guilty secret. What is that? The um, bulimia or uh-huh, the bulimia. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So you had all like as far as back as you can remember you've had Yeah. I've always been well, I was always someone who was obsessed with dieting. Mm-hmm. Um, like going to like weight watchers or doing like the latest they daft. Um, well, I shouldn't really say that, but forever living and stuff like that, just all the <laughs> silly things. Um, I would you say anything you like. <laughs> <laughs> I would sign up for any diets at all, and I was always just if I was in a group of girls, I was always comparing myself to them, and yeah, I think like a lot of women go through that, but um, and then I had a really bad like binge eating bulimia cycle but I would always tell myself no this is the last time I'm going to do it and it never was until I eventually got um went through therapy for it yeah has there been a therapeutic um approach that you found most beneficial um I did find CBT helpful um the therapist I had was very spiritual as well, so that helped. Um, my social anxiety used to be like terrible. I couldn't even go into a supermarket without getting flustered at someone like looking at me. So they put me forward into group therapy to help with that. And I was like, hang on, you said I've got <laughs> social anxiety. And they're like, uh-huh. <laughs> then I'm like, group therapy? 
Um, but the first time I walked into that, I could have ran out the door. Yeah. And then the spotlight went on me to talk and I sat with my folder in front of my face and I was shaking and they were like, okay, we're just going to let the, like your hormone, your, um, oh, what is it called? Your nervous system. Uh-huh, your nervous system, um, calm down because it will, it will get to a peak and then it will start to calm down and I'm thinking, are you sure? Like, <laughs> it doesn't feel that way, but it was. The heart, that was probably one of the hardest things because there was many times that I was in tears thinking I'm not coming back to this. Mm. But it, it definitely did help. And you did go back to it? Yeah. Sometimes having to drag myself back to it, but yeah. <laughs> and I saw something on your social media recently that you've got like a course and a workshop or something coming on so you're actually you've obviously got over your social anxiety if you're facilitating workshops now yeah yeah do you want to talk yeah. about a wee bit about that because it sounds really interesting and because sometimes I'll tell the people that I met at, um the therapy and they're like wow like can't believe how different my life is now yeah. but yeah um I'm aiming a lot of my workshops on kind of body image mm-hmm. and things like that and belief systems because my heart breaks every time I hear a woman complain about their body. All my friends just now were like, oh, I've put on weight over lockdown and I'm like, please give yourself a break. We've went through enough just now. Like, yeah, who cares? Like, it's only your body. Like, just... If you want a bit of cake, have it. But also have some nutritious stuff. Also get out and go walk. Um, that's my answer to everyone. Like, get out in nature. Get out in yeah. nature. Um, so, uh, yeah, really want to focus on talking about that. Um, and just how the things that we believe aren't always the truth. And then just kind of work on some kind of journaling practices and stuff to kind of get people like being more grateful to their body and thinking about the things your body actually does for you instead of constantly filling your body with negative self-talk. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important to tap into all the, the good things that are happening because it's easy if there's something going wrong in the body for you to focus all your attention on that and think that that's all your body does if you can bring your attention to all the the bits that are working really well or if you're in pain the bits that are not in pain and focus your attention Mm -hmm. on there because it's where your attention goes the energy flows kind of yeah absolutely so it's been able to to help that and you talk a lot about on your social media as well with the feminine energy and you, I saw you had a, you did like a wee altar thing with your yoni eggs yeah. and your crystals and stuff. Yeah. Talk a bit about that. Yeah, so that's just kind of a new topic I'm talking about because, to be honest, it did fill me with a lot of fear mm-hmm. talking about it. Um, but I really want to talk about how women feel a lot of shame around things like that. Mm. And I think now we need to talk about it and realise that like women deserve pleasure women there's nothing to be shameful about and 
to realise actually how powerful we are. So that's something that I'm going to be talking more about. But when I thought about it, I was like, oh, my family members are going to hear and <laughs> just worrying about that. But I've got a, a message to get across and I've got, I've got a mission, so I can't be worrying about other people. <laughs> yeah. And somebody's going to see something that you've written or hear something that you're saying and think, yeah, I get that, or that's really useful. Or... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've actually been surprised in a short amount of time, the amount of people that do message things like that, and it just, that makes my heart glow, that just, I love it. Yeah, because you've got, you've posted quite a lot about your story and about having mm -hmm. bulimia and the negative body, like self-body image that you had, and you can see in the comments and stuff how many people respond to it and it's really we need more people on social media talking about this where it's their truth yeah yeah and i'm actually enjoying seeing a lot of people doing that now mm. i don't know if it's because i've really cleared out my what i see on social media mm -hmm. but um because that's one thing i always say to my friends as well like they'll be like moaning about some celebrities and i'm like don't follow the celebrities, just unfollow them. You know, there's so many more interesting people to follow. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's so important to, like, diversify your feeds with different body shapes, body, um, different coloured people, and um, just, yeah, just make sure you see as much variation as possible so that things, so that you do kind of learn um, from other people and I think sharing your story is so important as well to just normalize things. Yeah definitely I definitely thought that when I um, was first diagnosed with Crohn's I was like I'm gonna have to share this story because people had often said to me oh you've got it all together you know exactly what you're doing and I'm like whose life are you, are you looking at because that's not the life that I'm living but obviously the message that I had been putting out that's what people were interpreting from it. Mm -hmm. So then for me being much more conscious about sharing the story. So when I was in struggle sharing it, but trying to not do it from a place of being the victim and oh poor me, I want your sympathy. It's like, this is the reality of what this situation is like. Mm -hmm. Incontinence is a real thing. As, mm -hmm. a, as a grown woman, nobody should ever have to shit themselves. But when you've got a bowel disease, that mm -hmm. sometimes happens and you can either get embarrassed about it or you could just realise that that's, that's the case that happens. Get your baby wipes out, clean yourself up and move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think people being honest is just normalises things and lets people see like, oh, it's not just me that feels that way or it's not just me that happens to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's so, so important. Yeah, definitely. So you're like this, what, I don't know what date this is, what date is this? This is the 8th of July, so this podcast will probably go out about the 20th of July, if that's a Monday. Um, when is your next online course or your next online workshops? Well, I'm kind of working on a like central, central kind of chakra crystal workshops. It might be kind of the end of July. Yeah. So that's just kind of coming through me just now so I'm excited about that <laughs> sweet and where is the best place for people to find out about that on um on my Instagram I just 
I've got an Instagram and Facebook, but uh, I just, I don't know if I'll get rid of the Facebook at some point, but I just have my Instagram connected to my Facebook. So I just, yeah. the vibe on Instagram so much nicer and people just get it. Yeah. And there's Facebook. I just don't know what goes on over there. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I um, deleted my personal Facebook page. Uh, not page, my my personal profile a couple of months ago and have not for one second regretted it. And it took a lot of talking to myself about why I wasn't deleting it. And mm-hmm. this was over a couple of years. So I remember saying to, I, I think it was a business coach a couple of years ago that I wanted to delete, delete my Facebook account. And she was like, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that because, you know, that's how people find out about your business on Facebook. And I was at the time, I was like, but who says that? Facebook tells you that that's who it is. Mm-hmm that's where you get all your stuff from so I wasn't convinced and then I would think oh but I keep in contact with family members and oh I've got all my photos on there and I kept giving myself excuses mm-hmm. and then I downloaded all the photographs because I found out that you could do that fairly easily downloaded all the photographs so I couldn't use that and then it still took me about another eight months to go in and actually click delete the account and there was one day I went in and somebody had posted something and then I saw the comments that people had written back to them about a question that I thought was fairly mm-hmm. that was a fair enough question in a, in a group and the people were attacking this person you need to go and do your research don't be so fucking stupid blah 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 and I just thought I don't want to read that because that's horrible like people yeah. are just getting no tolerance for people you see it you see it a bit and twi- a lot on twitter as well but I only use, I really only use Twitter for um, getting up to date information on what's happening in the IBD community, and then there's a few other people I follow for entertainment purposes or whatever. Um, so I do sometimes I'll get caught up scrolling through it and think, God, people are dead angry, but I don't get as emotionally connected to it as I did on Facebook. Yeah. But deleted Facebook and it was bye. Yeah, it was. I think when coronavirus first happened. And people started sharing like fake stories and I just that's when I was just like I, I cannot be doing with this like and that's the thing like when you see the documentary it was on Netflix about like people seeing all this fake news and believing it it really scares you because you're like a lot people I know do rely on that for their news they rely on Facebook for their news and you're like no it's yeah. not a good idea so um and like you say, the negativity, like people just jump on each other and it's just, there's no need for it. Yeah. And then with the fake news things, there's some things that are fake news of the fake news. And then you get to a point where you're like, well, what is that? What is the truth then? Because this, this camp of people over here are like vehemently believing that this is true. And then other people are believing the opposite. And like that documentary that shows you how Cambridge Analytica was using data <laughs> to be able to very specifically target lies and information to very specific people and you're just like it's absolutely frightening like even for someone just to have see a headline not even click on it and it's mm-hmm. in, imprinted in their brain like oh it's horrifying yeah and even the people that think that that's okay to do like the people that designed this facility to be able to do that to be able to create that kind of manipulation I'm just like that's Man. I know. <laughs> I know. That is seriously bad news if that's the world that we're coming to. I'm just waiting for the new world to happen that we're 
told about it. <laughs> Just waiting patiently on it. <laughs> what do you hope the new world looks like for you? Well, um, community that supports each other, which I find we do have on Instagram. And I, I did enjoy the quietness of lockdown. I'm kind of like even the less cars and stuff about, I was enjoying that. Yeah. I would like it to be like that. And just people, one thing I really hope that happens is people see the businesses that didn't look after their staff and start now to just use the local, or still use the local businesses and boycott the ones that weren't so supportive. But I did really truly hope in my heart that was going to happen. But now as lockdown's easing, I'm like, no, it's just going back to normal. <laughs> yeah, I think there are some people that have maybe realised, um, but there's, and you know, Eckhart Tolle talks about this, that when huge, like, stressful events happen, people either become more awakened or they become more asleep. So, mm -hmm. depend, so I think that's where, and you can see it with all the polarisation that's happening as the... The, uh, the awakening, awakening mm -hmm. and, a, and more um, asleep kind of yeah. vision. Yeah, because I have heard people, even my husband, he's not awake at all. I try, <laughs> but he's not. So I'm like, I just shine my light and one day he'll start to. And yeah. he was like, oh, I kind of think coronavirus is like a big reset. And I just looked at him, I'm like, what? Like, and he went, yeah, I think it's a big reset. And I'm like... Oh my gosh like you've never said anything like that and you are starting to hear other people say things like that so yeah you're right like slowly happening yeah and then when when you think about your awakening journey and my awakening journey and it didn't just you didn't just wake up one day and be like oh I'm going to buy from local businesses I'm not going to do this I'm not going to do that I'm going to it's a gradual process and yeah everybody's there to to be the example to other people I think yeah. the more you try and tell somebody this is how they should do something the more resistant they're going to be to it so it's just if you go and be that person like Gandhi's the um, famous Gandhi quote is be the change that you want to see in the world mm -hmm. so and somebody had asked him what what lessons he wanted to leave for the world and he's like my life is my lesson because he is just acting out how he would like other people to act out and some people will look at that and be inspired by it and do their version of it and other people won't maybe yeah next, maybe in their next life they'll get it yeah <laughs> no, that's absolutely true yeah <laughs> did you believe that you've been here before like do you yeah. believe in reincarnations and yeah I do like yeah absolutely do you yeah I think I've been here many times before yeah I do get quite a lot of kind of deja vu um, and my like the girl I worked with Maria she done a healing session on me and she's seen like when she was working on me I could see like loads of feathers and um, she said that I was like an ice like a figure skater in a previous life um, and I died from a head injury and when I was born I had like a strawberry birthmark on my head because you know, sometimes they say that if you've got a birthmark somewhere, that's where how you died in a previous life. So, yeah, I do definitely. 
And did she know that you'd had that struggle with Mark? No, because you can't see it anymore. Yeah, that's interesting. So interesting. I just love all of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely think I've been here before, but I've, I have a, a strong feeling that this is my last time here. It's like, I'm not coming back. Yeah, you'll be an offended master. That's what I'm aiming for. That's what I hope for. Please don't make me have to go through the next stage of this place. I don't know if that's so much wishful thinking as it is an inner knowing. Oh my goodness. So where, right, so your Instagram account is the best place for people to find you. What, because you've got a couple of accounts, which um, are both of them your business, or? Um, so it's at iamkaden.allen. Yep. On Instagram, and it's the same on Facebook. Yep, cool. So when people want to follow you and find out about any of the workshops that you've got coming up, or yeah, see your, your sharings on Yoni Eggs. Yes, and there's lots more of that to come, so. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we finish? Uh, no, I think that's everything. I'm just really grateful to you for asking me to come on, so thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I've never I've never met anybody with narco- that's experienced narcolepsy before, so it's uh, always an education. Yeah, and no, I like talking about it because it's, very difficult to diagnose and yeah not a lot of people know about it yeah Yeah. well i hope that you continue to keep good health so thank you so much for being on the podcast well thank you thanks for listening and remember to leave a review and subscribe over on itunes or soundcloud and check out what's going on at iamjenwilson.com or head over to instagram and give us a follow just following iam.jenwilson